Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to the Getting Technology Right Ethics and Technology Podcast with Dr. Kevin Magnish. Get ready for a conversation about global values and technology, diversity and inclusion, discrimination, transparency in data, privacy, and cybersecurity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. All right, here we go from an undisclosed location, uh, away from my office, but in another made-up office uh, in Italy, where it's hot. So there you go. And uh, before arriving here, I was in the UK for uh, InfoSecure Europe, and it was hot. And uh, I'm not lying. Kevin, please tell us. Was it Absolutely. hot last week? <laughs> it, was, it was a very hot week last week. I was in London as well. We were, we've just found out we were at the same conference center, but at different conferences at the same time. <laughs> I know. Uh, but no, it was, it was 29, 30 degrees centigrade last week in London. And uh, my hotel room did not have air conditioning. So I thought. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was warm in Shepherd's Bush for a few nights. <laughs> yeah, actually at the Excel, they, had, they really had a crank in the AC. And when yeah. you walked outside, it, you could really you know, kind of feel your your skin burning a little bit. So yeah. like this is the first time I'm getting a ten in London, and uh, and I enjoyed. It. I mean, I love this city. But uh, we're not right. here to talk about London. We're here to talk about uh, an important topic, which I try to talk about a lot. Uh, I've talked about it with you many times. Mm-hmm. We've been on panels together, and it's about getting technology right. And the occasion is that you actually started a show with us. And that's exciting. So not just the guests, but you take the burden of actually inviting people, planning, and not just showing up for for that. But you also get the you get the benefit of you know driving the conversation and I think having fun. Um, but we'll get into that into the why. Let's start with you. Who is Kevin McNish? Uh, for those that haven't heard from you, and that and what did you start it on ITSB sure. magazine? Sure. So thanks, Marco. Yeah, so Kevin McNish, um, I currently work as a consulting senior manager at a company called Socrasteria. It's mostly an IT company. But about two and a half years ago, the company set up a digital ethics consultancy. And so I joined it shortly into, um, into that lifespan. And I've been working with them for just over two years now, working with clients helping them to see how to use technology well, putting guardrails in place to stop mistakes from happening and seeing where we can help them to benefit most. On one level, it's kind of like sort of doing a a risk analysis of where things can go wrong with technology, Uh, but also trying to be more positive and saying, where can things go right? And how can we make your technology do even better things for you while making sure that it's not discriminating or violating people's privacy, um, that is sufficiently transparent and so on. But prior to joining Socrasteria two years ago, I was an academic working at the Universities of Leeds and then the University of Twente, where I was an assistant professor working in ethics and technology in both of those areas as well. So that's my sort of 
academic background with a bit of publishing. I've got a few articles, a few books out and so on, uh, and then moved over to the industrial world two years ago. And I think, as you say, why, why the podcast and why now? It was a way of keeping in touch with a lot of friends from academia and a way of connecting with other people doing the same thing right now. The, the world of digital ethics consulting is quite small. There are a sort of handful of us, maybe 10, 15 of us around the world, I think. And so we all kind of know each other uh, to a greater or lesser degree. And it's a way of keeping in touch there, but also bringing in what's happening in the academic world, what's happening in philosophy and sociology um, and uh, computer science to understand what the ethical issues are, how they're being handled and challenged at the forefront of academic research and how that can then translate over into what we're doing in industry and what the difference is there. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I was excited that you was getting this started because I think you're going to mm. do that more uh, academic conversation, of course. Uh, we're covering about the same thing. I mean, I stay a little bit more general in terms of redefining society, but that's, you know, what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to start this by asking you, I mean, you mentioned there is only a few people that do this. And I'm thinking like, I have never heard talking so much about ethics yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even bringing philosophy back. I mean, my background is sociology and, and political yeah. science. And I feel like, well, maybe I am in the right place nowadays because it, it comes down. It's not more the technology anymore that is going to have the easy button to fix technology. Yeah. We really, it's a way to look in our own humanity. So I'm getting already yeah. philosophical here, but is that something you're feeling the pulse as well as you talk to people? Very definitely. I think it's interesting you should say that because I think looking at the job market right now, if you look at the jobs that are advertised for in-house digital ethics experts, they're still looking very much for technical expertise. Um, mm -hmm. And that seems to be a feeling from people who are not in this world that the solution lies with technology and the technology has got us into this problem of bias um, and therefore technology should be able to resolve it and certainly people are selling you know bias scanners um PII, <laughs> personal information um scanners and things like that which, which can do some of the work but they'll never do everything because it's not context sensitive um and it, it's just never going to be yeah, it's, it's never going to solve the, the solution. So people have to be involved. And I think in two to three years time, we'll start to see this. And one of the big things which we see and, and push on is the importance of a, a corporate culture uh, that needs to go along with that. You can't simply just put um, you know, policies and so on in place saying, well, you, you've got to be non-discriminating in your data sets or your algorithms that's just not going to cut it. People have to understand what that means and what that looks like and where you go and so on. And, and as you were saying, Marco, yeah, there's been a huge amount of discussion, particularly since last November, um, with, with chat GPT. Yeah, out. I was going to say that let's, let's, let's say the, the, the big bang was. Exactly, <laughs> was exactly. And suddenly, I, th I think, you know, obviously I was aware of GPT-3 and, and the, the forthcoming, and GPT-4 as it was forthcoming at the time, but chat GPT, opened up everybody's eyes to what large language models can do and what they look like. And they are 
I was about to say quietly revolutionising. It's not quiet at all. It's revolutionising the marketplace, revolutionising the workplace and universities, and not always in a good way. Um, some of the things we're seeing is people coming back down and, and just putting a blanket ban on using chat GPT across their organization. And of course, everyone just ignores that and uses it on their phone anyway. Um, and so at the and again, this is why culture is important because at the senior levels of a company, they think we've got this sorted. We don't need to worry about proprietary information finding its way into chat GPT. Um, but at the lower levels, that's exactly what's happening. And, and then you've got the ethical questions around, um, you know, potential for bias within large language models, the lack of robustness of uh, veracity. So they're not always truthful in what they say. Um, and yeah, there, there's a huge amount of interest kicking off around them now, uh, not to mention the legality. And that came up recently in one of the conversations I was having with a guest around the fact that, you know, if these systems, which we, you know, I believe they have, have scraped data from the internet to get personal data, then that's technically illegal, according to the General Data Protection Regulation. And so what is going to happen there, I have no idea, but it remains to be seen as to, to where these things go. But huge, huge questions about what's happening in society because of developments in machine learning and LLMs and so on. So yeah, fascinating time to be involved in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, it, I don't know, one every three podcasts I have, it's about either ChatGPT or <laughs> generative AI or DALI well, that's or the, that's the copywriting flip music. Or, <laughs> well, you know, it's not <laughs> boring. Because <laughs> I, I feel like, again, it's it, we're, we're looking, it's kind of like when you ask to an astronaut, you know, what, what do you learn when you go in space? And you say, you know, we learn about ourselves, you know, about our <laughs> planet like looking at it from outside. And I feel sometimes the same. I have like this sometimes very lively chat with ChatGPT and I, I try to have a conversation. I'm kind of using it myself to write more, but it's kind of like this collaborative thing. It's not just like A, write ABC. But I feel like I'm, I'm kind of seeing the universe, the humanity in there in this case, mm. because it's like you said, you know, whatever, whatever harvest has been done, it's the good and the bad of humanity. Is the book yeah. is the the article is the the bad, the fake information, the manipulation. Exactly, yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, this is what we look like. Um, so I'm sure you'll talk about about this. And yeah. uh, what else? What else are you going to focus on the show? So so again, with one of one of my given the background I've got, one of the things which really drives me is understanding how to operationalize or embed ethics into the workplace. Um, so as a as an academic philosopher. A lot of the work I was doing was around researching what are the principles, what are the ideas that are important. Uh, and, and I think we kind of got there by about, particularly with the AI, uh, certainly is in its current stand, we, we got there about 2018, 2019, of a pretty good understanding of what are the ethical issues. The thing which has been motivating both academia and industry for the intervening five years has been, well, that's fine. How do we actually make that real? How do we, we, we say that technology should not discriminate? That's great. How do we stop it from discriminating? How do we ensure that, um, well, you know, you, you've got things like uh, Latanya Sweeney, uh, the researcher at um, 
think she's at MIT or Harvard, uh, doing some, or Columbia, one of those, doing some research on her, her name, uh, which is a classic sort of African-American name and finding out that the pictures that came up when you looked at Latanya were all of um, black teenagers who were being arrested. Um, and yet when you search up a name like uh, John or Julian, you get white men who are all successful at university or whatever. And so th those sort of biases which are just built into systems, and obviously that, that was about 10 years ago now, but they're still there. They're just more subtle and, and harder to spot. And so questions like that, I think, really motivate me. How do we deal with that? How do we make this stuff real in order to really protect people going forward so that the technology that we have genuinely benefits people in the way that we want it to without some of those side effects coming along and uh, and taking us out at the knees mm -hmm. yeah so who, who are you going to talk about this i mean are you you're going to try to talk to people that i'm assuming most people in academia they will agree with you or me and you know looking at this thing and say well you know i mean if you don't see this we, we got a problem but you need glasses but <laughs> right <laughs> are you planning to maybe do some more open conversation when maybe somebody may have a, a different opinion on it or yeah panels, got... maybe I mean, we've done yeah. panels together. I love doing that. Exactly. Them. Yeah, yeah. We did those panels last year and they were great. I think the, the frustrating thing I found with the panels was that there wasn't enough time to really get into <laughs> some of those issues, even in 45 minutes with, with three or four people. So that was why the move to doing the, these sort of one-on-one -on -one sessions mm -hmm. uh, was to get into a bit more depth. But um, uh, yeah, there, there's broad agreement insofar as obviously nobody's going to say we want technology to be discriminating on grounds of, of race or gender or whatever but how we get it there is an interesting question and one which people differ on um and then i think there are some more philosophical questions which we might come to with time so i had sven Nieholm on recently who's a professor at mm. munich uh who's just written a book this is technology ethics which is a great introduction to the subject and he was um we, we were talking about the gap between uh, uh, sort of robot or tech ethics and human ethics and what happens when um, a, an AI starts to come out with its own morality and that morality is different from human morality. How do we then square that circle? What do we do with that? Uh, and so all sorts of interesting questions. How should we treat AIs? Questions around... Um, do they have personality? Should they be given rights and things like that, which I'm quite anti, but with time, we'll hopefully get people on who are more, um, yeah, more interested in a discussion there about that. So so there are lots of, what, what I'm hesitant to do at the moment is make it too philosophical and too academic though. I do want to bring some of those insights in, but still keep them very accessible to, to the non-academic audience. Um, right. So we're, we're trying to make sure that this is open for anybody and not just a, a handful of academics who know the right language. Right. I mean, the, the hope is that people that want to learn about it don't necessarily have the the the, the book basis, the pillar of the, the yeah. academic had, they can actually get the point. And, and I think what is important in it, and I'm going to ask you, you know, why you decided to do podcast, because I know you're really busy. And then, <laughs> as we mentioned, it takes time. But I think, at least for me, if, if I can make people think, 
um, yeah. I'm, I'm doing something right. And so yeah. I don't expect uh, the audience to be educated. I'm expecting more my guests more than me to educate the audience. So it, is that the audience you have in mind? Like the, the, the regular person that though it is thinking, it's thinking about this problem, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, very definitely. Because if if we were going for for an audience of philosophers, say, then yes, the language would be different, and what we were trying to achieve would be very different. Um, but no, this is for people who have got no idea, who who might have read a couple of newspaper articles and said, "Oh, that's really interesting. I've not really thought about ethical issues before, or I've thought about ethical issues, but I don't know where to go with them." And th those kind of issues, where we, those kind of people, are who we're sort of really targeting on. But as you say, the um, the educational aspect of it is good, both yeah, hopefully for the audience, but on a very selfish level for me as well, because <laughs> I'm getting to engage with all of these people, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of whom are friends, but. Yeah, it's it's getting me to read some of their more recent work, and uh, and that that's very helpful just to keep my own mind active and questioning and thinking and so on and finding out what's going on in the world, um, not just from the industry perspective but also from the that academic side. So really, it is it's trying to cross that divide at the moment and see where we can where we can learn from each other. Yeah, I, I like that because if you're reading paper, they're check recheck. Edited. Mm. When you're talking to someone, it, it can come out something that you didn't you didn't think you were gonna go there. I mean, yeah. you're almost brainstorming as you have this conversation. I mean, look at us. There's no script whatsoever, and <laughs> we're just having a conversation. I just need to remember sometimes they're like, we are promoting the new show. Otherwise, yes. I can <laughs> yes. start asking you other kind of questions. <laughs> so we're, we're gonna stay there for the next, uh, you know, five minutes. Maybe they will keep going. Yeah. I know your first episode is out. I know they're already yep. in the queue, which you know we will publish very, very soon. And maybe a second one will be already out by the time we publish this. Yep. Uh, the first conversation, I know you had it with... Um, Ravit Dotan, uh, yes. Yeah, Ravit, which I had the pleasure to have on the show. And yep. we met through you on a panel. So again, yeah. world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, what, what was that uh, about? Uh, so that people can tease them so that when they finish this, they can jump yeah, in. Yeah, sure. So, well, yeah. a lot of what we covered was exactly what we've just been talking about, this idea about um, embedding ethics. And, and she came out with a very interesting point that we, me, uh, in recent years, has been talking a lot about operationalizing ethics, which feels very uh, professional. Um, and yet the challenge was, well, when you operationalize something, that's often just means getting it embedded in the code. Mm -hmm. um, and yet when we're trying to get it embedded in an organization so that everybody thinks that way, so it's not a matter of just, oh, here's an extra step in the development process where we start off with, here are some ethical requirements, and then slowly we sort of build them in. It, it's getting people to think about ethics so they're aware of it and looking out for those problems. And so that was really interesting, was sort of pushing out into that cultural area. And also Ravit sees herself much more as an activist than I do, um, as well as an academic and a consultant. And so it was interesting to, to sort of chat about some of those kind of areas as well that she gets into. So fascinating conversation and a lot of fun as ever. So she's a uh, good, good value. Oh, yeah. She's very passionate, too. So I, yeah, definitely, definitely fun. And uh 
I want to tease. Uh, I know you mentioned one one next guest. Do you have some other few that mm -hmm. you want to kind of? Yes, so we've got gosh, we got we got loads um, that we've been talking to now. Uh, so Philip Prey, who's uh, um, an academic at Twente, Olivia Gamblin, who has her own consultancy in um, Silicon Valley, dealing with a lot of startups. Um, Sven Nihom, I've just mentioned, uh, Gemma Gladden Clavel uh, in Spain, who has uh, she's an academic who also set up her own consultancy, Eticas. And Eticas are fascinating. They do they they do algorithmic audits for companies, which they call sort of second party companies that come to them and say we want you to audit our algorithm and tell us whether it's where it needs to be improved from an ethical perspective. But they also do third party algorithmic audits where the person doesn't come to them, but they do an audit, they reverse engineer the algorithm to the best of their ability and then say, OK, what is um, what, what, what are the big apps around taxi ride sharing in Europe at the moment and what do their algorithms look like? What are some of the justice algorithms being used in, in Spain? And can we reverse engineer those and then work out what some of the ethical problems might be? And so again, there's an activist sort of civil society element to that, which is not an area I've engaged in that much, but it really, really interesting. And, and interesting how some of those areas are driving forward parts of the debate. Um, so yeah, so good to see that. Lot, lots of stuff coming up and, and more more interviews to be had. And I'm assuming they have an algorithm to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a, very much in my head at the moment. <laughs> that was a large paper if I was yeah. clever enough, though. We'll, we'll, we'll use an algorithm to analyze and audit the algorithm. Oh, and yes, yes. And that's audit that's our own algorithm because, you know. We get an inception of algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what is in there? No, I mean, it's. For me, again, I, I am happy, very happy when you told us I made my decision. I'm going to start the show because I know the, the value of this conversation is going to be incredible. I, you know, already, I'm already listening, so I'm a oh, big fan. Fantastic. Thank you. Yes, and, well, it's great um, to be on the TSP network as well because it's, uh, yeah, coming into something which has already got momentum and uh, got footprint, which is great. And, and obviously, as you said, I mean, you know, we've been talking on these podcasts for years now so yeah i feel like we've been known for quite, quite a while yeah 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 fantastic so unless you want to do add something or have a call to action for people to you know to to, to join and listen i i would just oh, uh, go ahead and and wrap but yeah i'll give yeah. you i'll give you the mic Oh, thanks. No, I didn't. I should have had something prepared, shouldn't I? This this shows up. No, no there's nothing prepared. I'll, I'll cut. If, if you, it's prepared, if you read it, I'll cut it. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> if you're at all interested in technology, then uh, you should be listening to this stuff because technology is not relevant unless it touches on people. And as soon as it touches on people, there are ethical considerations. And so if you're at all interested in technology, and that's in the broadest sense, so we've got stuff on cybersecurity, AI, robotics, um, all, all the exciting stuff going on right now. Do come and listen. Um, and of course, don't stop listening to Marco's stuff as well. It's uh, very much complimentary what we're doing and uh, great to have this stuff going on together. Yeah, and that's exactly what, what we want to do and we're doing. It's this uh, networking within the network where, you know, yeah. we, we call each other, we co-host something, we, we go as a guest. Even Sean and I started to do that 
lately and uh, it's it's a lot of fun and uh, again I, I'm looking forward to all of this an invitation to everybody to visit the channel page there is all the social media there to connect with you there is a way yeah. to subscribe on their favorite podcast player that can be yeah. Apple Spotify whatever it is any app and uh, and just tell tell everybody I mean we I think yeah. honestly I to, just to close I, sometimes I cringe when I, I see on TV some people just slamming and say we, we shouldn't use chat GTP, GPT. Yeah. And and now it's like, why? Let people use it and judge themselves. Yes. I mean, I, I find a lot of use, good use for that. I know there is a lot of good use in medical um, research and academia in a lot of places. So give it a chance and let's listen to this conversation where... Somebody it's, it's, about, it's about using it intelligently, isn't it? It's about thinking and not being, not just diving straight into it, but understanding what it is, understanding what the risks are and going in with your eyes open. Just as we wouldn't, you don't get behind the wheel of a car and drive it without having done lessons and passed a test and everything else. Um, if there's potential for harm, you need to take responsibility. But that doesn't yep. mean that you then don't use it. So Exactly. Absolutely. That's the... It, that train left the station, so you need yeah. to catch up, <laughs> and it's not coming back. So that's mm -hmm. that's the story. Okay. Kevin, thank you so much for for this time and for all you're doing for all the guests who bring on. And again, everybody, stay tuned. This is ITSP Magazine, and there is a lot of other uh, new show just started there. So check it out and uh, stay tuned, and I'll catch you next time. Take care. You too. Thanks, Mark. Right. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Getting Technology Right, Ethics and Technology Podcast with Dr. Kevin Macknish, part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit itspmagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.